It's the Not A Face Podcast. What's up, Chicago? Thank you guys so much. Hello. Hi, guys. We are back for episode four. Hooray. We made it. (laughs) We made it. It's been a little while since we recorded episode three, but we have other things going on in our lives, like full-time jobs and such, so... (laughs) You know, we do this when we can. We try to get out to a month. But um, thanks for sticking with us, you guys. Yeah. We have loved hearing from people about when they listen to the podcast. So, um, again, we're always open for audience questions and those kinds of things. So yeah. if you want to send those to us, you can do so on our social channels. Please keep that feedback coming. It's great to hear. And it's nice to know that people are listening. And especially yeah. that, oh, that moment was like 50 minutes into the episode. They really must be listening to the whole thing. So <laughs> It makes us feel really good. It's, it's very appreciated. It's very motivating to keep going and to keep um, making this better every episode. Yeah. So um, thanks to everyone who's already reviewed our podcast on iTunes. Just a quick reminder, if you would like a Mystery Mix CD, go ahead and just leave us a rating on iTunes and we'll um, make you one of those and get it to you. We're actually finally getting our first round out um, in the next couple of weeks. So um, we're pretty excited about that. I had to go and dig out my old CD collection and import it onto my computer because there's so many old CDs that I own physically that have never made it to my computer because I have Spotify now. So that was actually a fun little trip down memory lane. In particular, I found the 2008 Warp Tour compilation CD, which was kind of a trip to look at and see all of the different bands who played that. I mean... 2008 was a baller year for the Vans Warped Tour, I'll tell you that much. That was our first year at the Vans Warped Tour. It was, and Mm -hmm. there are some bands on here that I didn't even listen to at the time that I landed up listening to later. Um, So that was definitely a trip. Like, Pierce the Veil was on that year. I don't even think I knew who Pierce the Veil was for, like, another two years after that. Um, 303 played that year. I don't think we listened to them yet. I think we might have. In 2008? Maybe, maybe. Punk Bitch was so huge. That song was like inescapable. Yeah. Like uh. the Gaslight Anthem played that year. I don't. I oh, definitely yeah. did not know who they were. Um, Angels and Airwaves played that year. That is bananas. Although they might have been one of the bands that only played like a handful a couple of dates. dates. Yeah. Which but was still. fun with Warp Tour that oh they're only playing the California dates, but they usually the scenario was not that they'd play Chicago. Yeah, but just in general, that was kind of a trip down memory lane and fun to look through. And then I found, like, a Fuel by Ramen winter sampler from 2006 in my collection. That's a throwback. Which was pretty funny. I think about half of those bands don't actually make music together anymore. R.I.P. But, and then another fun thing that we've been talking about is the fact that um, Viva La Cobra by Cobra Starship turns 10, like, mm-hmm. next week. And that's hilarious because... I remember when that album came out, and I spent about three to four years of my life living most days in a purple Viva La Cobra hoodie. So, good good trip down memory lane for that one. Excited to get those mixed CDs out to people. Thanks for being patient. I'm waiting for them while we got all of our supplies together, and I uploaded a bunch of CDs to my computer, but we're ready to go. So, if you want one, too, you can just leave us a review on iTunes, and we appreciate that. So... Moving on to current events, today is a Sunday. We did something fun this afternoon. Yeah, today uh, our buddies sleep in Sleep On It were filming a music video for one of their new songs. So I think that 
they've already shot parts of the music video, but it's based off of a movie. So what they want to do is kind of have it like a call to arms. Like there's this whole gang coming together to go fight together. So it was really cool to be. Well, uh, it was out. like, it was like based on a movie and it right. was, it was bands against other bands. I think was the, they were supposed to be coming together, but then at the end we all like scattered or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited to see the finished product for this music video. We had fun up by the lake for like an hour and a half, just shooting random crowd scenes with them. Um, so it's always fun to support local music and they're obviously like getting elevated to a national stage now, which has really been really neat to see. Um, but it was fun to participate in that. I've wanted to be in a music video for like years and I've never really had the opportunity when I'm free and available to do so. So it was fun. I can't wait to see the finished product. Yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun. I've been in one music video before because it was way back in the good old days when Forever the Sickest Kids still did stuff. And they said, everyone come out to House of Blues. We're going to film a music video. And Paige was unable to go. But uh, I was still in college. It was like on a Wednesday night or something. Yeah. And so I was down in central Illinois, wrapped up in my college stuff as it be, so. It was pretty inconvenient for it to be, like, at night. It was really, really cold, but it was kind of cool because we all had a bunch of glow sticks, and so they had us moving around such that when they showed the video, it would look like there were all these moving shapes and stuff, so Didn't I should rewatch guys... the music video to kind of get a better idea. Or no, you know what? It was flashlights, not glow sticks, but we all brought a flashlight to kind of make cool shapes down on the Riverwalk area. Didn't some people have do, like, the FTSK? Too? I think so, yeah. Towards the end, we did the FTSK logo with the flashlights. So it was a lot of, a bunch of kids looking like idiots on the Riverwalk at, like, when, it was, it felt like it was pretty late at night that we were, we were out there filming, and I think it must have gone until midnight or so, but that was, that was fun, but you can't really be, look at me and be like, there she is. She's, she's the person doing that part of the F. So this will be really cool to actually have a music video where, in all likelihood, you'll be able to see our faces. Yeah. So look out for that, because Sleep On It are awesome. Their and new album comes out in, like, three weeks now or mm -hmm. something. Because it's the beginning. It's the first Friday in November, I think. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend checking that out. So, That was yeah, fun. Those are, and those are our boys. We came back here and cracked a beer and decided to start recording podcasts. So maybe we should get into some recent events now. We recently... It wasn't that recently, I guess, now, but we saw the Warner Years on their acoustic tour. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely beautiful. That was such a different way of seeing that band, and they still landed so well. Mm -hmm. um, I think it says a lot about a musician when they can, you know, do their songs full band, loud, and imagine that way, and then completely reimagine it and still have them land with a lot of meaning in like an acoustic setting. That was just really neat. The acoustic EP itself is so good. I cannot stop listening to, in particular, their version of You in January on that EP. It's so lovely. It's such a good love song, and the acoustic version is does that song so much justice that I... It's fantastic, and it was so cute when we saw them do it live. Um, Soupy mentioned that uh, some people had been requesting that one for a while in an acoustic version so they could use it as their first dance songs at their wedding. So that was really cute to think there's some like, punk rock couples out there who are 
you know, dancing to their first song is The Wonder Years. I like that. Yeah, it was, in general, really, really emotional and sentimental. I did cry at one of the songs. I cry a lot, to be fair, but um, it brought a different level of emotion and closeness and tangibility to that, all those beautiful songs that they performed. And they, it's songs that normally, you know, there'd be a circle pit at their concerts. People would be jumping all over the place, crowd surfing, going crazy. So there's still, like, in you that slight sense to, like, want to open a circle pit. Yeah. Yeah, but the I mean, songs are, are slower and more emotional and it's it was really, really touching and they had lights all above the stage to make it felt, I don't know, you felt a lot closer to the band and you felt special to be lucky enough to be in that space to hear those songs in such a special way. Yeah, especially when they do a song like Local Man Ruins Everything, even though it's acoustic, you still just want to like go hard to it. Like I think I was still like throwing my arms in the air and like pointing and stuff at the stage because I mean it's just you know you try listening to a song live and trying to sing along to I'm not a self-help book I'm just a fucked up kid and like not go hard that's not possible even though it's acoustic I was thrilled because they did living room song which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite the one new year's songs it's so good and the version that they have on the extended version of the that album um that is on is acoustic so I, I had an inkling they might do it but I was very stoked that they actually did it and they did a fun cover too they covered a Fountains of Wayne song that I had never heard before but I did go look it up after the fact because I enjoyed it their acoustic version of it and I think it was called Hey Julie mm-hmm. and that was fun and I think they did just the right number of songs definitely hit on a good mixture of some of their like ones that you would imagine to be more acoustic and some of the ones that you might not imagine to be acoustic but work that way like Local Me Ruins Everything that's mm-hmm. definitely not a song I would listen to and go this should be an acoustic song <laughs> But it landed really well. The crowd was really into it. Um, That was the perfect kind of show to go to on a Monday night. Absolutely. Because it was a Monday night in Chicago and uh, Supi even mentioned that Monday nights are everyone's worst nightmare in the music industry because they think that people won't go to shows on Mondays, but he figured that the bottom lounge would sell it out anyway and it did sell out in like less than a week, Mm -hmm. I think. So it was the perfect kind of show to just be like, okay, yeah, I made it through Monday at work. Now I get to come to the bottom lounge have a beer, watch the Wonder Years acoustic, and just, like, you know, feel the good vibes in there, and then go on with the rest of my week. So that was pretty perfect. Yeah, and I do want to say that the main support, Laura Stevenson, who actually I think sings on at least two of the Wonder Years songs, she also sang on some of those songs with them acoustically, and while her solo set was a blast and she was so much fun, I I definitely have been listening to her a little bit because her songs are so much fun and she brought a great energy to the stage. Her extra presence with those the Wonder Years songs was really, really great, and it added... Yeah, her backing, level. like, an additional vocals on some of their acoustic versions. They're on the EP, too. Um, she's on the EP as well. And uh, it just added a lot to it. I liked it a lot. And I believe that she performed with them with that string quartet they did last weekend. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I wasn't home when they did the live stream for that. You weren't either. We were together. But they did something really cool last week. They did a live stream. Um, They had a show in New York City where they actually brought in like a string quartet and performed with the string quartet, their acoustic set. And they live streamed it and they asked people who were going to watch the live stream to donate money to Puerto Rico because of their great need right now because of the hurricane. So I thought that was really cool. I always love it when bands take whatever influence they have and just 
support causes that are important and bring attention to things like this crisis in Puerto Rico that's happening right now. So Winners are awesome. I like already want to see them again. Yeah, and they they were apologetic in that it had been over a year. It had been since Riot Fest since they had played Chicago, and they're like, "What the hell? That is way too long." Since Riot Fest twenty sixteen, right? That yeah. yeah. But oh man, I th- and they had said, you know, we're not gonna make that mistake again, and I cross my fingers that it won't be another year before we see them. I have a feeling, I mean, I don't really know, and I haven't really, I don't know if they've said anything, but I feel like they're do, they're probably going to put out a full-length album in 2018. They didn't do a ton of touring this year. I know that they obviously did the acoustic EP, but I think that by summer 2018 we'll probably see a new album from the Wonder Years. I would love that very much. I And besides the fact they can't consistently put out wonderful music, they also have some of the best band merch of like any band in the in the genre, which it's it's kind of random to say, but it's nice when bands have t-shirts that I genuinely want to buy and wear. I have at least four or five the Wonder Years shirts because they're always so good. I love the shirt that I bought at the show. So the name of the um, EP was Burst in Decay. Because there is a line in you in January that says, I used to burst into K. Mm-hmm. And I bought a really pretty gray shirt that has some flowers on it and says the Wonder Years. Um, so I, I love that. It went right along with the theme of the tour. Mm-hmm. And I had to buy it. And Phoebe bought a pretty cool shirt too. And I, yeah, I was going to say I got a long sleeve shirt that says burst into K down the right sleeve, which looks really cool. And then uh, on the front, there's an image of like a comic book girl crying and it says the Wonder Years on top. And on the bottom, it says, don't let me cave in, which I love comics and boy, do I love don't let me cave in. That's another one of my favorite, the Wonder Years songs. And I love that one acoustic too. Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes on a, that is a, a very interesting song. It takes on, I almost feel like a different sentiment when mm-hmm. it's full band versus when it's acoustic. When it's full band, it's, it definitely is still an emotional song, but it's, I don't want to say it's more upbeat, but it's just like, there's something about it taken down and stripped down to acoustics where it's just like, you feel those lyrics like down to like your bones when you mm-hmm. listen to it acoustic. It's such a good song both ways, but acoustic, especially I think uh, Soupy's vocals on it. He really like went for the core emotion on the vocals on the acoustic version of that song. Very sad. Like it's 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 it just feels so much more sad when it's acoustic. Yeah, but it's it does a really really good song. There's something about sad songs that when you take them and you speed them up, they feel slightly less sad for yeah, some reason. Le- that, that that's how you get the transition from emo to pop punk. You just make it faster. <laughs> and then we turn it up and we'll difference. play a little but, faster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just add some more more guitars, it'll be fine. <laughs> and then the kids will be happy. <laughs> the Wonder Years always deliver an incredible live show. So it was to be expected that this would just be absolutely incredible as well. And Yeah, it was them. it was a really cool way to see a band that we've seen a bunch of times do something new and different that still worked so well. And I was very happy when we left that show. And we were walking down, as we were walking down to the L after the show, I said... Um, like, oh, I'm so happy they played the living room song and some random guy was like, yeah, I love the living room song. Like at a moment, it was really funny. (laughs) All right. The Wonder Years are awesome. And what else have they got going on? So there's something really interesting. The other week, the Maine posted an article on Medium that we want to talk about. 
And the name of the article is Why Would You Pay Money to Meet a Human Being? Which has been the main thing for a couple of years now. They actually, when they were on Warp Tour, not this past summer, but in 2016, they had their backdrop for their stage says you are said you are watching a band called The Main. And then they had a similar style backdrop in their tent that said, why would you pay money to meet a human being? And the point with The Main is that their meet and greets if you want to call them that, have always been free. They say, if you're paying money and you're coming to our shows, then we will come out afterwards and hang out for however long it takes to meet everyone that we that wants to meet us. Um, which I have always thought is really, really cool of them. Um, especially because there's a lot of bands that don't necessarily come out after shows, only do you know, prearranged meet and greets and stuff. And I, I get it. But at the same time, like, it's just so cool to see a band take that approach to just say, we're humans, you're humans, you want to meet us, we want to meet you, we're just going to hang out after the show, you can come say hi, that's fine. And they have done this for years. I mean, I can think, I think that ever since they left, I don't remember what major label they were on for that, for Black and White, the album. Mm -hmm. But when they left that and they put out their next release, I remember going to a show at the Bottom Lounge for that album release when they were going to play in full. And then just in the Bottom Lounge, having it set up so that after the show, after their set was over, they just set up a table at the back of the room and said, all right, we're going to be back here. You guys can come through and we'll sign stuff and we'll meet all of you and whatever. Again, it was just assumed that all of the 700 people who fit in there would want to do it. And I'm sure that some people laughed and didn't do it, but they seriously just met everyone who wanted to wait in that line. Yeah. And they'll spend the time to talk to you and they'll take pictures and they're always, they, I don't know, because we've been going to their shows since like 2008 when we saw them with Boys Like Girls and Good Charlotte. And I mean, I don't, I don't go to every show, but they, they're always really, really chill and really kind and welcoming and generous and I think they really genuinely care about their fans and that shines through in the way that they present themselves. And I think fans really respect that and want to go to their shows even more because of that. And I think that's part of what the article is trying to say. Like if you foster this relationship where you're with your fans, where you show you really do want to meet them after every show, they'll keep coming back for more shows, especially because of the bonds that are created and the things that they remember that you say to them. I think that's one of the reasons why I was so keen on going out to Arizona for 8123 Fest at the beginning of the year. Because they had announced it and they made it really affordable yeah. for people. I think we paid $25 plus fees for those tickets. It was so, so cheap. And it was for a full day, like a full festival day of bands. And there were two stages and they brought back a rocket to the moon for one day. And we, I got to see Brighton full band for the first time. Like, you can't... I feel like it's difficult for me to put a price on that because those are things that I would pay more than $25 to see, but they want to keep things affordable so that if people are traveling from out of town, it still makes sense to be able to go. And that's, I mean, it was a no-brainer almost. Yeah. So going back to the actual article itself, though, there's a couple mm -hmm. of things that I just want to read from the article because it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting, too, not only that they have this policy and that they always say that this is their policy, but that they're clearly, like, going through and making a statement to the industry. They're, they published a piece on Medium and said, hey, this is what we do. Why would you pay money to meet a human being? And they said, it all stems from the idea that if you are a fan of something, you shouldn't have to go broke supporting it. 
And they're a band that has really lived that. Like, we hear some other bands who are obviously, like, every band we see are very thankful for their fans. I don't think that there's any band in this scene that I like who is not thankful for people coming in their shows, for people buying tickets, for people traveling to go see them, for people buying vinyl, buying their albums, buying a t-shirt. Like, I, I've always felt a lot of gratitude from all of the bands that we like, but they go above and beyond um, when it comes to this. And they even put together a free tour. They talk about it in the article at some point. They had put together a couple of years ago in the fall. They did a free tour. And so they did this free tour. It was called the Free For All Tour. And they said, the idea was that anyone who wanted to see us play could come. No strings attached. Show is free. All you got to do is show up. We had to get creative with venues and locations, but in the end, the tour happened. And it was one of the best tours we've ever done. The best part, there is no excuse. If you're a fan and live close enough, all you gotta do is get yourself to the show. Not only were we gaining the respect of our fans, but we were reaching outward in ways we never could have or we could have never achieved before. CNN wrote about them when they did this tour and they got some other publicity from it. And then they said for them there was no pressure. They were just having fun and they didn't feel like they had to live up to the ticket price, which is really interesting because I don't really think about that a lot. But if you think about you know, someone's spending $35, $40 to go to your show, that is like a significant amount of money, especially considering a lot of these bands do have fans who are younger and maybe in high school. Like if you think about how much money we spent on shows in high school, it was nowhere near as much as I spend now, but proportionate to how much money I made in high school, it was a large chunk of my weekly income when I wanted to buy a ticket to something. I remember like fretting over, I think we were going to spend 45 or $50 to get Fall Out Boy floor tickets uh, senior year of high school and me just being like, guys, I don't know if I can afford it. It's so expensive. Which I mean, to be fair though, how much money did I make at my part-time job in high school? Yeah. I made like six fifty an hour, 20 hours a week. So it's, it's, I think it's really cool that, that they take this approach. However, there's there's kind of an industry standard, I would say, especially once bands get a little bit more established and they're playing venues on a regular basis that are like the House of Blues um, or bigger, where they do like organized meet and greets. And a lot of times it'll be like, okay, here's a ticket and here's a VIP package that's a hundred bucks. And it includes a signing and a photo with the full band and you can get into the venue early and here's like a limited edition poster we made up. And I don't see a lot wrong with those. I don't often buy them. I can think of maybe twice that I've bought one of those packages out of all of the tours we've gone to. It's pretty rare because those are like a hundred bucks. And I honestly like the early entry doesn't do much for me because I no longer have any interest in standing on a barricade for six hours. And it totally depends on some of them include the ticket and some of them don't. And when it's like maybe $80 or 60 bucks even on top of the ticket price, that makes it a lot harder to, you know. I would say most of them are about it. 50 or 60 above the ticket price. Mm -hmm. Like it'll include them or it'll be an upgrade for 50 or 60 bucks. But either way, I feel like I've never seen one that's been like $30 or something like that. The one that I can mention is when I went and saw Set Your Goals at Bottom Lounge, theirs was $25. And it was, you got, they were like, you know what? We made these really awesome posters and we want to get them into more hands. So it's $25 is the cost of the poster. But if you buy our VIP package, you also get a photo with the band. You get to go to a pre-show live Q&A and, uh, I don't want to say mini concert, sound check. There we go. Sound check is the word I was looking for. 
So you get to go to their sound check and they did songs that you didn't get to hear during their regular set and you could ask them anything during the Q&A and then they came off the stage and just mingled with all the fans. Plus you got uh, an enamel pin as well and I love enamel pins so for me that was awesome that it was 25 bucks on top of the ticket price. That is well worth it and I love that it was just you know this is the cost of the poster and also we'll hang out with you. But that's the cheapest I've seen it. <laughs> that's a lot and I feel like they were probably undercharging themselves they really were. on that. <laughs> And I do understand that a lot of bands have limited time on days of shows. A lot of times they're out doing a lot of press, especially if they're in bigger cities. But even, like, when they go to smaller cities and stuff, there's, like, local press that they want to do. They obviously have sound check. And then, I mean, I don't really pretend to know the entire schedule of their whole day. But I would think that they probably do have a fair amount of stuff going on. So I get that they have limited time and are trying to charge for it. But this is really interesting. Um, we can probably talk about... We've been in all-time lowest fan club since its inception. Mm -hmm. All-time lowest fan club started in the fall of 2008. On that tour, you could buy, I believe it was $25 on top of the price of the ticket, and you could choose if you wanted the early entry package or the meet and greet package. And I remember we bought our tickets with the meet and greet one, and that included the price of the fan club for a whole year. And you got like the first year shirt and stuff with that. Like it was, it was the whole, it was a whole thing. So really the way that their fan club has always worked up until this year is you pay this fee to be in a fan club and every year you just pay a renewal fee. They have two options. You can either do the one that comes with merch. I don't normally do the merch option because unfortunately for me, their fan club is called the Hustler Club. And as a 28 year old woman, I just don't care to walk around wearing a t-shirt that says the Hustler Club on it. That is an unfortunate name, but they named yeah. it when they were younger. In 2008. Some of the shirts, it's less prominent. So I have, I think maybe three Hustler Club shirts because some of them, it's like a picture of the band. It says all time low and maybe at the bottom, it'll say Hustler Club. But some of the shirts are way better than other shirts. So sometimes it's worth it. But the nice thing was that you could also just re-up for like, I think seven, seven bucks. Seven bucks. And that's always been really nice because for that seven bucks, you get online access. You are part of the family club and you are available for all of the fan club perks as they call them which includes the ability to access tickets on pre-sale mm -hmm. so we've never missed an all-time low show or really like had an issue getting a ticket before it sold out while we've been in it because we always get the tickets on the fan club pre-sale and then um you can either get early entry or meet and greet for your show depending on, um, in some cases they've done it, like in, whoever buys their tickets fastest for this city will get that perk. Sometimes they have their admin go through and do it manually from a sign-up process. Um, and I think that they started doing it manually from the sign-up process to help people who were newer to the fan club get to meet the band uh, in the same ratio as people who have always been around because like we've obviously met them a, a couple times. dozen times, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is great and there's people who join and don't really understand how it works and then they get to their first one and might not be fast enough so they have done it a couple of different ways but from my understanding it seems pretty fair in that if you're in it for a couple of years and you go to a couple of shows in your city I can't imagine a case in which you wouldn't get some perk from it however over time they've played with other VIP packages for the fan club so they've done a monitor sound monitor party um where a very small group of fans from my understanding most like of the time five. it's five to seven or something will get to go backstage 
meet the band separately from the regular meet and greet, get a copy of the set list that's signed by the whole band, get a full band picture, and then get to watch the whole show from the side of the stage with their own like in-ear set of like monitors so that they can really hear what the sound mixer is hearing as opposed to just like what you're hearing from front of house in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always sounded really cool to me. I've just never felt like spending, I think it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like it's been like 200 or something. No, I I think it's more like a hundred. But that doesn't include the ticket and stuff. True. So that, it's like a hundred bucks just for that experience and you have to have already bought a ticket to the show. But honestly, for what it is, I have always thought that's a very well-priced package. I've always thought that they really give you an a worthwhile fan experience for that. Like, it's like one of those things, it's like you to say that you had this experience that not a lot of people get to have and it was worth it for you. And so I've always thought that that was a pretty cool one that they offer. And then I know when they were doing their fall tour a couple of years ago they did some kind of like hustler happy hour they were calling it um where after the show was over they were having fans stick around for like a pizza party thing with a champagne toast or something and i think they were giving like the underage people like sparkling grape juice or whatever it is you buy on new year's eve when you're not 21 so I've always thought that those were pretty reasonable packages. I hear I hear that they got extra time with people at the Hustler Happy Hours, like enough that people seemed satisfied with having spent money on that. I think those were more like $60 on top of the price of the ticket. So I've always thought that those have never bothered me because they've always had these normal, regular free perks to just if you sign up for the fan club, you're eligible for meet and greet and early entry. But this year, I feel like stuff has taken a turn with how they do their fan club. And I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of the fan club it's they started offering the same meet and greet that people are getting for free instead of taking the gamble and hoping that you get it you can spend forty dollars just to get it and that seems wrong to me because they have always been a band that has had a similar feel of what the main is talking about to me where they used to just come out after every show i mean yeah. we used to wait for them sometimes i would say up until about 2012 we would wait for them after shows and just like hang out afterwards and be like oh yeah like zach's coming out alice is coming out they're signing like that's cool and get a picture and I don't think that they do that as much anymore and then for them to start charging for something that has they're not charging everyone they're only charging some people for something and not charging other people for it it just seems wrong yeah because I mean granted you can still try and chance that you get the meet and greet but there are fans who somehow through being they said they'll say they've been in the fan club for years but they still haven't gotten any of the perks that now these fans have the chance but I don't know there's got to be a better way to ensure that everyone who has a chance gets a chance to meet them as opposed to well give us forty dollars and then you'll ensure it like the other thing too is that they the made way. them bigger and took away the format they for years from the first meet and greet we ever did with them until the end of the last album cycles tour would say like had a whole spiel even about there's no tables this isn't like a signing meet and greet where people are behind a table and you have to walk up and go down the line like this is just like your chance to hang with the guys for half an hour and you can talk about whatever you want and i've always really enjoyed that format because as someone who's met them 
probably over a dozen times. It's always been fun to just chat with them. Absolutely. It's, you get to a point where you can only say so much to someone when you're walking down a table and they're signing something for you. But you can get to a point where, you know, you'll walk up and just be like, hey, how's it going? And then you talk talk about something random. We, we've talked to Alex about our, like, what we thought about some of the music videos before. <laughs> like, we've talked to, like, Ryan about, like, he, he had hurt his shoulder or he had some kind of thing going on with his shoulder one show and the next time we met him we said how's your shoulder we remember hearing about that and it's just nice to have these little conversations with them these fun little moments and it it definitely takes it away if it's going to be a table signing from now on and it has a bunch more people in it so you definitely don't get as much time with them and instead of doing we I mean I have a zillion pictures with them just like me and them but now they're doing a full band photo which I would like one time but in general when it comes to meeting them like it's always been really nice to be like we get our individual photos we get to chat and kind of like shoot the shit with them and then you know after a half an hour uh used to be matt flyzak would come and like roll them up and <laughs> roll them back out and then doors would open and it was always such a great system and it was always my favorite version of any meet and greet i've ever been to and probably the reason why we've stayed in the fan club for so long oh absolutely and i actually phoebe was not in town when all time low came through this summer which you're not gonna see them at all this year no i know i, I realized that and i'm really upset about it because i was listening to the new album i'm like i really like this i was at uh comic-con in san diego so i had something else going on but i am kind of bummed out that i didn't get to see them but i'm granted it's all time low they'll be back but it's weird that they only came through once this year it is it does it feels strange and we keep we keep wanting them to do something for so wrong it's right but that's a conversation i think we might have had on this podcast i was gonna say (laughs) we've literally already had this conversation we've talked about that so we don't need to address that again but i am i loved the old format of their meet and greets because you the other thing i loved is that if you want to do silly photos you could Mm. i have like from some meet and greets like 12 selfies that jack took because he would just keep doing different poses and stuff and i got to be like hey can we do an adventure time pose or can or our friends would jump in for the photo or it just felt more personal and they'd stay as long as they could and they always got to talk to everyone who wanted to talk to them so even though it felt like there were a lot of people and half hour didn't feel like a long enough time everyone who wanted to get a selfie got one everyone who wanted something signed got it signed everyone who wanted to chat got to chat i had alex write out a tattoo for me once because the first song mm-hmm. that i ever heard by all time low was six feet under the stars so i just had him write out save for one more day because that's my favorite line from the song and then i got it tattooed with the birds from the album art but that moment was possible because it i could stand there and say hey here's what this means to me could you please write it out so that i can get it tattooed and so, then the next time we we met them you got to show them the tattoo gonna, yeah. in completion which has some of the album artwork birds on it so yeah i remember jack thought it was so cool when we showed him and it's little stuff like that that you lose when you do the table signing yeah and it's just bothering me a lot because not only not only are they now charging for like an experience that's always been free they've kind of watered down the experience and i did get to go see them this summer um with one of our other friends in chicago and in milwaukee and we both got meet and greet from milwaukee and they asked us to be at the show at 3 30 p.m for a show that started at 7 p.m and we weren't (laughs) able to make it i mean they had asked us a couple of days before to be there several hours before the show started and we were expecting to need to be there about 5 30 or 6 so we weren't able to actually 
even make the travel arrangements to get up there in time to make it. And I felt so bad then because here we are using two of these coveted meet and greet spots. We're not going to make it. Some poor kids pay $40 to get to do it. Um, and you know that it's like probably the younger fans who are paying this money. I mean, maybe some of them have parents who are buying it for them. But, you know, I mean, these are, that's a lot of money, you know, if, if you're 16 years old and they're your new favorite band and you want to go meet them and you're trying to guarantee that you're going to get to. So you're going to spend $40 on a ticket and then $40 on a meet and greet. So you spend 80 bucks just to get to go and, and see something that used to be so affordable. That's just crazy to me. And it just feels wrong. And it's really interesting because when it was first announced in June, Alex Gaskarth actually like took to Twitter to um, talk a little bit about it. And he said, you know, we know we're changing the format for the meet and greet. He said that please give it a chance. It will let us see more of you one-on-one or with your group. We wanted to fit in more people at each show. And then someone tweeted back at him and said, I've had been in the hustle club for four years and not once gotten early entry and meet and greet. And he said that the paid option may be good for you. So you get in for sure. People never getting picked was a big issue. And then someone else said, just saying if this was truly about giving fans access who weren't getting picked, you donate all the meet and greet proceeds to charity. And Alex said, true, but we do this to make a living, not as a hobby. So some goes towards covering new expenses and some is profit. Is that wrong? First of all, new expenses. Y'all have been doing this for ages. I can't imagine what like... They have a new record label. They possibly have, I mean, I don't really, I'm not going to pretend to understand anything about how a record label influences a band's touring and all of that. But I'm wondering if the new expenses have something to do with them signing to Feel by Ramen because they're playing the same Mm. venues. They're playing the same venues they have always played for the past like three or four years. That said, in the past, when we got to meet Paramore, it was because I bought their singles club thing, which it was two singles. No, it was three three singles for $1.99. And because I joined that, I had the opportunity to meet them later on because I spent $2 on three singles, which was incredible to me. And they were on Fueled by Ramen. But I think maybe their meet and greet system has changed as well. Oh, it has. They started doing, um, as soon as they started doing the Monument Tour with Fall Out Boy, their meet and greet was the big package, mm-hmm. just like the Fall Out Boy ones, which interestingly enough, I actually was thinking about how we should possibly bite the bullet for the next Fall Out Boy tour and like buy a meet and greet package because I just want to full band photo with them. It'll be hilarious because I'm like so much taller than every single member of that band but I don't care. Like, It'll be beautiful. Like it's just one of those things where you know to to feel like my full fan list of experiences I just want a full band photo with no. them and I would be willing to buy a good VIP package to get that if it was like a hundred bucks and it included a bunch of like because they always have cool merch in those. Yeah. So like I would pro- possibly be willing to do that interestingly enough this fall tour they're not even doing meet and greets. But I wonder if it's because so many of them have small children. It's possible. It'd be fun if you got a photo like just you and them where they're all like bound you or something and you're like yes well you know people. what you know what it would These look like it would be like children. here's snow white and four of her doors <laughs> i love you fellow boy but that is what that photo would look like and yeah. i don't care but anyway i i could see them not doing it because they probably have a lot of them probably have their kids traveling with them like patrick has a son who's 
a year and a half or two years or something. Joe's daughter has got to be somewhere around three. And then Saint is about two, I think. So I could see them not doing meet and greets so they can spend more time with their kids before the shows. And I mean, it would make sense to me. But Paramore had changed theirs. I actually don't know that they're doing meet and greet packages this fall in this tour either, though. I didn't I really look. I can't remember. But I also feel like there's a lot of pressure when you start playing big arenas in terms of if you're going to offer a meet and greet, Live Nation's going to shove on you that you need to offer these big VIP packages that include tickets anywhere close to the stage. You know what I mean? Every yeah. single time that there's an arena show and it's like if you want to sit in the first 20 rows, you have to, you have get to buy the VIP this VIP bundle. package. Oof. So I think that there's, there, there's like other factors in play when bands start getting to that level of fame and, and where they're playing like those big arenas. I feel like Live Nation and Ticketmaster probably like push real hard for them to have these big packages that include the premium tickets and stuff. I don't really know what that looks like either. But for a band like All Time Low, it's it's weird too. I mean, I would think that most of the people who go to their shows want to see them, but they they didn't get as big of audiences on this summer tour as they did when they did played the same venues two years prior. They were selling them out and they did not even close to the air on this mm. summer. So I don't know if moving to Feel by Ramen was the right move for them. I actually feel I like it was. was not a good move for them. But Feel by Ramen has done so much for bands to like help elevate them to the big arena status. Like, I mean, look at Panic at the Disco. Yeah, holy fuck. Do you mean Brendan and the the Panics? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, well, Br- <laughs> I always joke about it. I always joke about it. But, I mean, yeah, like... They, I still... It blows my mind how quickly now. they sold out Allstate Arena this spring. They were announced for Allstate Arena last fall, and I went, oh, cool, I'll probably go. I'll, buy, I'll like, wait and buy a ticket in a little bit. It's sold out. And I, I was so utterly shocked, because two years prior, they didn't even sell out the Charter One Pavilion, or whatever it's called mm-hmm. now, the one on Northern Island, and that one has, like, a 5,000 capacity. So I was like, oh, they're not going to sell at Allstate Arena that quickly. And Allstate Arena holds, like, 16,000 people. It sold out so fast. I was so upset about it. I was like, damn it. I wanted to see Panic at the Disco. So, um, Feel by Ramen has a really good track record of, I mean, and 21 Pilots, not that I'm a big fan or anything, but 21 Pilots are Feel by Ramen, too. And look at how, look at how they got catapulted into just, like, massive fame. Everyone knows who 21 Pilots is. So, it's a shame that I feel like Feel by Ramen didn't actually do a lot to help All Time Low on this album. And maybe maybe they have extra touring costs because of the switch to the label. I don't really know, but that's the only difference between them now and them on previous tours. So not really sure what that's about, but it's it's just a bummer to see a band member literally say, well, I mean, I'm giving you my time, so we're gonna make a profit off of it. Whereas, you know, I mean, just if you really, like, just take time with people and spend time with them and they're so grateful they're gonna tell people oh my gosh yeah it was so great um hey I'm, I'm a 16 year old and I saw my favorite band last night and I got to meet them and I got a picture with Alex Gaskarth and I love him and let me tell everyone about it oh my god you should join the Hustler Club too you should come with me next time you should go on their website and buy this really cool t-shirt like it's gonna have a ripple effect and the main actually talk about that in this article and I think it's really interesting they say obviously the music industry is struggling and has been with streaming and all of this. Like, I know that they're not making a lot of money and they haven't been for years and years on album sales. So I guess that these bands are trying to find other ways to bring in revenue. And I would expect that to be mostly merch-based. And look at the price of a concert ticket. Those have gone up a lot. If you look at the ticket subs I have from 2007 and 2008 versus now, like, those have gone up significantly too. Um, But it's, it's really interesting. So in this article, they say, do we impose a tax on the fans? Let fans pay more for tickets, merch, 
nice, let's charge some money if they want a photo with the band. You are adding yourself a human being into your list of available products. Think about that. Pay money, meet me or us. Congratulations, you have become a human being with a price tag. That's a powerful statement. It really, really is. It makes me think. It really makes me think too because, I mean, honestly, like, I, you who know me, like, I... We've been known to go to things that aren't even music related, like conventions and stuff, and pay for photo ops with, you know, whoever we want to meet from, mm -hmm. like, some TV show or movie or whatever, like, we really follow closely. Mm -hmm. And I, I've i always been willing to do it if I like someone enough and I'm, like, really into their piece of pop culture. Like Nick Carter and AJ McLean and Joey Fatone. <laughs> that, and I'm also thinking, I mean, I don't want to, like, in, like expose all of my embarrassing, like, pop culture, like, preferences. Please! But... <laughs> just in general like we've definitely done stuff like that before and I've always felt a little bizarre about it but I'm willing to do it because I just want to meet them and get a fun photo with them but when it comes to the music industry especially with bands like All Time Low who are completely built on their fan base like there are so many people who know of All Time Low because they know someone like us who you know what I mean like all of my friends from college know who they are but it would be because I listened to them when I was in college it wasn't because they like saw their music video someplace or like listen to their song on the radio because I don't think an average person can just name you an all-time low song so they're and they've been very transparent about this over the years of being like we are here because of the fans you guys really built us up and so it almost just felt like a slap in the face when they announced this really this did. new thing and it, the new format wouldn't have bothered me so much if they weren't charging people for it because they're charging people for a watered down version of what used to be their awesome meet and greet yeah if they hadn't changed the meet and greet style and then they added that $40 option I think I would have been more okay with that yeah. or if they had just changed the format and been not at the extra perk because I love a, a picture with the full band I do love yeah. my fun selfies with them but it'd be nice to have like a more professional quality photo anyway because sometimes in the venues it's so dark that you're like I guess that's a picture with the band member but you don't want to use the flash because then you both look like goats because we're all hella white so you know there's it's a double-edged sword but one of the things I liked that the main said in their article was that they've always walked the line in front of Warped Tour when they play yes. and by doing stuff like that they've sold over 20,000 albums directly to fans. Like, by promoting their band at Warp Tour and holding a box of CDs, they've sold over 20,000 CDs. That's really impressive. And I feel like do more bands doing that, they could have more of those connections easily. Even if it was, we still have a meet and greet where you pay a little extra. If it's some show that, with Warp Tour, there are always such immense lines outside the venue. If you're playing Warp Tour already, taking some time to walk that line and tell people to go see your set. Here, buy our record. What? At, maybe you're hungover. What? Whatever, take a water bottle with you but you make that money on the album and you get your name out there a little bit more and I'm sure I, like the main has been doing that since I think it said 2008 yeah 2009 there's a picture and then them doing it again in 2016 so it's if you want to look up the article just google um what was it why why would you pay money to meet a human being and search it on uh, just put in like medium mm -hmm. it was just the name of the website um and you'll find it and we posted a link of it actually already on our twitter account so if you want to just scroll back a couple weeks on there you will find that it's so interesting to me they take such a fans first approach and they have been sustainable for so long they are coming here to play the house of blues in a couple of weeks very excited and they either sold it out or are very close to selling it out and that's solely because they are just so good to their fans and they make consistently such good music and they just have such cool ideas and like such an interesting take on the industry they essentially just like started their own record label to release their own music after they mm -hmm. had a bad experience on a major label because they started on fearless records which is like a 
indie label in the scene. And then for their second album, were picked up by... It wasn't Interscope. That was all time low who was on Interscope. I can't remember which... I, it was like Warner Music or something. That sounds right. Um, that the main was on for Black and White, which was a very good album. But they did not like the major label treatment. And instead of going back to an indie label, they just said, screw it, we're releasing our own music. We're doing our own thing. And they've been doing this very successfully for six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. And I, I have to say, like, we got to go to 8123 Fest in Arizona. It was just a love fest. I mean, like, everyone there, you could tell that the main has such a good relationship with that venue that they hosted the festival at. They came up with the whole thing with them. And they had such a good relationship with all the other bands who were playing. And they had a pop-up shop in the mall that was near the venue. Awesome. I mean, it was it was a full experience. It was affordable. They really, like, made sure that fans had a really good time. It was 100% worth our little, like, weekend trip out to Arizona. So much they could fun. not have picked a better month for us to get out of the Midwest. It was in January. <laughs> like, they just think about everything fans first. I remember seeing shortly after we had gone to Arizona, they were driving up to fans' driveways and they had the entire band in a trailer on the back of a car and like when they pulled up and the fan came out, they like popped the the door on the trailer and just sat in there and played them an acoustic song and then drove away. It was, it's just so cool. Like they do so much for their fans and I love their fans' first model and it's just disappointing when a band that I thought had such a fans' first model does something like this and Mm -hmm. I get it. Like I get that you want to make money but I'm more willing to give you my money if you're giving me more like at this point I think All Time Low would do better to disband their fan club say the Hustler Club is ending we're just going to start offering these VIP packages that include a poster include a picture with the band include the table signing and early entry that's it and then you can get more people in there and then people will be less angry about it because it's pretty standard it's just the way in which they're doing this paid meet and greet that makes me uncomfortable yeah because it's almost like well you have the fan club cool but you also have all these different paid options. It's kind of, I don't know, I do, I love the main for calling bands out like they did in this article because the very end of the article says, so yeah, if you're in a band and you want to know more about how we pulled this off, you can talk to us in person if you want. We'll be the five guys standing outside after our next show for free. So that call out like, hey, you want to know how we did it? Come talk to us. And I love that it's calling on other bands to to say, you can do this. You should do this. It's worthwhile to your fans, your image your livelihood. Yeah, and I will say like one of the things that even makes me like bands like Fall Out Boy even though they've reached this like huge level of recognition and fame, they were sending fans trophies in the mail. They were sending people fidget spinners. Yeah. (laughs) Pete once like has so many tricks up his sleeve all the time that are just like little things. Like there was the time before their hiatus where they had a mystery like sign up list and it was like just sign up for this thing. We're not going to tell you why. And then they had a graphic designer go and take their album art and make all of everyone's names who had signed up for the thing into a thank you like photo from the album art and it was the coolest thing like our names both made it on and Mm -hmm. I just look back at that sometimes and I'm like it just makes you feel so personally valued Mm -hmm. for really supporting them and it's just like little things like that and so it it, it's such a bummer when bands just come out and say well we're just trying to make money we get that you're trying to make money like everyone in the world's trying to make money (laughs) unless you have a lot of money I guess 
guess maybe you're not, but you probably are still. But like, if you can just think of ways to do it that still make people feel very valued and still, you know, like just have like special experiences for people and say like, we want to meet you, we value you, we thank you. It just comes off so much more genuinely than saying some of it's for profit. Yeah, I mean, even going back to Fall Out Boy real quick, they did, when they did their first tour back, they were coming out after those shows and meeting fans. Yeah. To say, you know, we're back, we're here, thank you for also being here. And it was absolutely nuts to be waiting outside those shows like, oh my god, I just met Pete Wentz after a Fall Out Boy show. And I think that when they played the Egyptian Room in Indianapolis, we landed up meeting all four of them without expecting to mm-hmm. in the same night, and I just about fell on the ground. It like, was incredible. It was, well, we, we went back to the hotel room and screamed. <laughs> it was it was insane, and like, it's, yeah, it's that kind of thing, if you are if you are a bigger band, you're playing a small venue, doing something like that, or even when you are a bigger band, just playing an intimate show, like, I, w- I would love it if All Time Low said, oh, we're doing another, like, small tour to, like, bank our fans or something, you know what I mean? Like, that would get so much buzz. It, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, to me, and I, I don't know. It's, it's such an interesting article. I just think it's so interesting that the main is such an advocate for it that they really put the statements out there front and center. Like, they had a thing at Warped Tour that was like, yeah, like, why would you pay money to meet a human being? And there's 80 other bands on the tour, or however many are on the tour, who some of them might be, you know, charging money or saying, oh, you can't meet us unless you buy our CD, which everyone who's coming up to this table probably already pre-ordered. I hate that, too. When bands do signings and then you're required to buy something and meet them. And it, it sucks because half the time it's a requirement that you buy an album that I've already bought. Yep, at almost every time. I feel like it's like that. When I went to Lollapalooza, I wanted to try to meet Andrew McMahon. And the requirement there was that you buy the album from the FYE store there, which is, you know, like $19 or something crazy. And then I was thinking about trying to buy a vinyl and I didn't want to carry a vinyl around all day. So I didn't go meet Andrew McMahon because I already supported him. And it's so frustrating. So anyway. Thank you. That was, yeah. That (laughs) article is just so interesting and I think it's so relevant and I think it's going to become more and more relevant in the next several years as we see how bands further and further are going to make their money and I think ticket sales and merch sales are huge for that. If you look at I I have a theory that most people the money that they were spending on albums and such like even like if you take me when I had been about 17 or 18 the amount of money that I was spending on albums back then and like individual songs and stuff on iTunes now that I'm paying for my monthly Spotify subscription I probably have funneled some of that back into going more in going to more shows mm-hmm. for sure like if you have a limited amount of dollars that you're going to spend, I think that's how there are so many festivals that are successful now. Um, There's so many festivals across the U.S. now that have popped up out of nowhere in the last 10 years. And I think that the prices for them are pretty expensive. But the reason why they get people buying tickets to them is because people are still spending money on music. They're spending money on music in other ways. Yeah. And I will say, I do think, going back to merch for a second, that the main also has really good merch. Yeah. They have that hat that says, Make America Emo Again. And even though my, when I, when we went to Arizona, I also visited my brother who lives out there. And even though my brother and his friends had never heard of the main, they knew that hat. And they said, where did you get that hat? I've been looking for it everywhere. They really, and then my, my brother who lives here at home, he wanted to know where I got that hat. That's amazing. So that hat, Make America Emo Again, has become so popular that it's grown outside the main. And it's a conversation piece. I mean, I actually, I wore that to the first day of Riot Fest this year and I got a couple of different random compliments on it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that bands who don't have good merch, like you need to get you a good graphic designer, you need to get some good concepts because if you can sell something that people want to buy and wear, like that's just good promotion for your band too. And I think other little things that you can do too would be like, I love it when bands put Snapchat filters up for their shows. Oh god, yeah. Snapchat filters are not that expensive actually, and even if even if you can't afford to do it for your whole tour, maybe pick ten dates and say, okay, these ten dates are gonna have this custom Snapchat filter, and that'll be fifty bucks for you know the ten dates because I think it's about five dollars for a day on Snapchat. You just have to upload your own artwork and stuff, or I think that they have templates that they help you build. But I would think a band would normally be uploading their own custom. Also, keeping up with trends like, oh hey, enamel pins are really really popular right now. Oh hey, fans are buying more vinyl. Maybe we should put that out. Vinyl variants so that people will because fans will buy variants in different colors. Putting out cassette tapes has come back into vogue even See, though who wants a cassette? I feel I, like even if you don't own one people will still buy it because it looks cool. <laughs> I just like don't have a tape. I feel like I finally got rid of my last thing with a tape deck on it like seven years ago and I am about to buy a new one now. Yeah. Dad hats, too. Those are huge right now, which I, I love the dad hats. I love the vinyl. I love the enamel pins. You make those, I will buy them, even if I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. Guess I'll pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> so there's other ways, too. I think I think the more you support your fan base and really do stuff for them, the more they're just going to put back into it without you having to, you know, charge one off for something that used to be free. Anyway, so that was a very interesting article from the main, and I can't wait to see um, how this kind of stuff changes over the next, like, five or so years. Same. Now we're gonna, we're, we're doing a competition BuzzFeed quiz this week. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. The name of the quiz is How Emo Were You in the 2000s? But it's finishing song lyrics from a list of multiple choice. So it's, uh, if you can finish all these lyrics, you were probably at least a little emo. So Paige and I are both going to take the quiz and see who does better. And then the loser has to buy chips and queso at Chipotle because that is the ultimate prize. <laughs> Granted, we both get chips and queso out of this. So Okay, fine. so let's do this out loud song by song. So the first song, it says You're So Last Summer by Take Max Sunday. Because I'm a wishful thinker with the worst intens- intentions. This will be the last chance you get to... Call me Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I put my answer in. I did too. Alright, so the next one is A Little Less 16 Candles, A Little More Touch Me by Fallout Boy. And it says you can make all the moves, you can name all the spotlights, get all the blank, and the blank just right. Oh my god. I'm like having a moment. Yeah. No. I second guessed myself and I got it wrong somehow. Aww. Look at me. I like, I was gonna put the right one and then I thought about it too hard. Hey, I, I overthink everything. Okay. The next one's Helena by My Chemical Romance. Came a time when every starfall brought you to tears again. We are very bling. We are the very. I have to like get myself into the song right now. I know. What I know part parts is that? of Helena. But I know I the song. I listened to that song in high school. It's just that Gerard Way is so dramatic when he sings. Sometimes I like don't I even know. know what he's saying. I think it could be shoes you bought. <laughs> oh fuck! No, I got it wrong. I got it right. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the you next might be one... beating me right now. Next one is Welcome to My Life by A Simple Plan. The band is not called A Simple Plan, BuzzFeed. Get your shit together. You know, that might have... Are they one of those bands who who did originally have something like that in front, like an article, and then they dropped it? I feel like they may have been. But it says, you don't know what it's like when nothing feels alright. You don't know what it's like to blank. Whine a lot. (laughs) Sounds like a good answer. Oh, good next song. I woke up in a car by something corporate. I've never been so lost. I've never felt so much at home. Please write my folks and... Clear my browser history. (laughs) 
That's what it should be. That's what it should be. The 2017 version. So the next one is First Day of My Life by Bright Eyes, and I constantly fight with my younger brother, telling him that Bright Eyes are definitely emo, but it says, yours is the first blank that I saw. I swear I was blank before I met you. I don't know know if I've ever heard a Bright Eyes song in my life. (laughs) Yours is the first Snuggie that I saw. Oh my god. There are two that I feel like it could really be, and I'm, I'm at a loss. That got I did the same thing. You and I put the same wrong uh, answer. No peeking. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you were already... I was already done. Um, okay, so the next one is At Your Funeral by Saves the Day, which I believe is the only Saves the Day song I know. Oh god. So it's... And At Your Funeral, I Will Sing Bling. The theme song from Space Yeah, Man. see, I got it right. This is the only song I know by them. They pl- Oddly enough, they played the Bears Block Party to kick off the NFL oh, season, right. which was really random. Alright, so the next one is The Best Deceptions by Dashboard Confessional. Don't you see, don't you see that the blank is over. The season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, BuzzFeed. Well, I got this one right. Alrighty. Next. Did you get it right? I did. Sound of Settling by Death Cab for Cutie. I'll sit in wonder of every love that could have been if I only thought of something blank to say. Negging. Oh my. Nah, got that one wrong. Oh well. You done with that one? No. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. I'm just, like, I can hear it in my head mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to, like, think of that part. All of them ba, are... Ba, ba, this is the sound of settling. <laughs> Ugh, I got it wrong. Next one is Existentialism on Prom Night yes. by Straylight Run. When the sun came up, we were sleeping in, sunk inside our blankets, sprawled across the bed, and we were blank. I would like to thank Laguna Beach for using that song on their show because I know. Alrighty, that's the end of the quiz. I got 7 out of 10. Oh, I got 6 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you got more than right than me because I thought there were so many songs on there that I was going to know better than you. <laughs> I did not scroll through it before I took it, but it says, You were pretty emo in the thousands. You got more of these right than you got wrong, which means your emo knowledge is pretty solid. You go, emo kid. Yeah, I got the same. I feel like that could have been a longer quiz. I am flawed, but... Little... They gave us a dashboard gif at the end that says, I am flawed, but I am cleaning up so well. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited. Side note, sidebar. Dashboard Confessional and Paramore are playing a holiday show in Ooh, Milwaukee yes. on December 1st when we bought tickets, and I'm so excited to see that combination. <laughs> I'm so excited for that show. I can go over what I got wrong real quick. I got the Straylight Run one wrong. I got the Death Cab one yeah, wrong, but I that was a, that was a guess. Yeah. And I got the Bright Eyes one wrong, but everything else. I got Bright Eyes wrong. I can't believe I got Helen wrong, and I really, really cannot believe that I somehow second guessed myself on a little of sixteen candles. That's just embarrassing. I'm so disappointed. In I you. can't. I cannot believe. Ooh, wait. I can't believe I have failed Fall Out Boy right now. That's just Get out of ridiculous. Your own apartment. <laughs> this is why you haven't gotten your Spotify Spotify trophy from them yet. They know. He wants his my apartment tab. <laughs> that would be really creepy. It would be really creepy. Alright, that was fun. That we're, was we, fun. we're gonna post the link on our Twitter, actually, for once. Um, Good and luck, friends. you guys can participate in the quiz. We didn't actually say any of the answers out loud in the podcast recording. Aha! Which was not intentional, but I'm glad we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys can play along and, uh, you know, see how you do. Yeah, now I want to um, go listen to Helena. <laughs> we can like toss that in at the end as like our outro. What's the worst thing I could say? Sorry. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like this time of year I get into a real my kind of mood. Ooh, I literally. so good for fall. On Friday, I was having a day, like a morning, and I was like hecka busy at work. <laughs> and so I just put on the Black Parade album as soon as I got to work and I listened to it like four times in a row. The whole album. Yeah. Four times in a row. I was like, well, this is just the kind of Friday I'm having. Whatever. 
Um, so let's do something you're looking forward to. I kind of already said mine. I'm very excited to see Dashboard and Paramore. What a combo. Get that heartfelt emo on with Dashboard and then get to dance around to the more upbeat emo during Paramore. Well, yeah, I guess upbeat emo is a good word for yeah. after left. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm gonna say since you mentioned that I've talked about Paris at length, even though that is coming up pretty soon. I feel like I've talked about it too much. So I'll say I'm excited for us to go to um, the emo Halloween event because yes. it's gonna have DJ sets from Adam Siska from the Academy Is Adam and T. Jake Siska. Jake Marquis from Sleep on It. So not all I love Halloween in the first place. It's one of my favorite holidays. I can never decide which I like better between Halloween or Christmas, but I'm only, I'm already doing a million things for Halloween, so it's exciting to have an emo Halloween yes. thing to do as well. I'm very excited that it's called Yay! Sad Halloween Sad and they're Halloween. reviving karaoke. So I'm gonna ha- we're gonna have to think of what song we're gonna do for karaoke and actually yes. sign up early. Helena. <laughs> we didn't know that one line though. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what we can do? We knew it's almost Halloween. My music at the oh disco. Oh my god! If you guys haven't seen the music video, We're we should post it. that. We're yeah. posting it. It's almost Halloween. Is the most bananas, weird, <laughs> drug-induced video I've ever seen in my life. It's from um, Ryan Ross era Panic at the Disco. <laughs> That's why it's drug-induced. <laughs> it's before he left. It was during the Pretty Odd era, and mm-hmm. it's pretty odd. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty a pretty odd, odd video. So speaking of pretty odd, my costume for the Halloween party will be Coraline because that suits my emo sensibility. It's just the right amount of creepy for an emo Halloween party. I haven't so, decided what I'm going to wear that one yet. We'll get you a My Chemical Romance seen. jacket yet, Paige. All right. <laughs> so yeah, that I'm very much looking forward to that. And it's Halloween time. It's the month of Halloween. So happy. <laughs> yeah. And I think Paris is a really good band to be seeing in the month of Halloween. They're spooky. Especially the What's Wrong song, Ooh, that yeah. one. So, so we want to do a song rock. Yeah. So my song rock for this week is going to be Want Me Around by Knucklepuck. I have never listened to Knucklepuck a lot. We've seen them several times, like, open for different things. We caught some part of their set at Riot Fest. Um, but I came across this song. They had just released it the other week. And so I went and gave it a listen, and I actually really, really like it. I've listened to it a bunch this week. So that's my song rap. Good uh, local faves. Yeah, so I've been re-listening to Water Parks a little recently because um, our buddy Rachel blasted almost nothing but Water Parks on our trip to San Diego comic-con which was appreciated because they have a lot of bangers so uh for me i'm gonna recommend royal because that's the one that always got stuck in my head the most and it is a lot of fun it's got a good beat it's dancey and fun so uh the funny part about the fact that you discovered water parks while you were at comic-con is that that was the same weekend that i was seeing water parks twice open for all time low (laughs) so kismet that was fun. Yeah, so I think that's all we have for episode four. Um, we certainly talked at length about our topic from the main. So um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed episode four. And maybe I actually will put a, put a hell in that outro. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, one more quick recommendation. Uh, one more quick reminder. Please leave us a rating on iTunes and let us know that you did so, and we'll send you a mystery mix CD. You don't have to give us five stars. You can give us one star if you think we suck, but any rating is appreciated. And follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, it's not a face podcast without that second O in podcast. And on Instagram, it's just not a face podcast. And send us questions. Leave us likes and comments. We love you guys. Bye, friends. Bye.